0: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Hi, you're listening to Horse Hour, and I'm your host, Amy Stevenson. Today, I'm talking to world-class British eventer Lucinda Fredericks. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to another episode of Horse Hour. I am really excited this week. I've been to badminton, I've watched her ride and I've thought, oh my gosh, if only I could ride like that. Her name is Lucinda Fredericks. Welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. I have watched you, Lucinda. I don't want to sound like a crazy fan, but um, I've been at badminton and from a little girl, you know, we, we see riders like yourself and we think, oh my gosh, I wish, I wish I could ride like that. How do you get to that level? Uh, with a lot
1: of help. Um, A a great team A lot of dedication A lot of sacrifice uh, A lot of luck (laughs) A lot of support From, you know, whether it's family Friends, sponsors, owners uh, Your team You know, whether it's grooms Physios, vets I mean, there's there's a massive amount Massive amount of people that are involved And actually, the sort of easy part Is getting up to the top It's staying there
2: Um, Oh, that's interesting Yeah,
1: I think so Yeah, I think that's, you know, when you're young and you have a passion for something, if you want to follow that dream and you've got ambitions, then you're so driven with just sheer adrenaline and fearless. I mean, you have to be fearless to do our job. And you do, you know, it's fairly, you have to make all the sacrifices along the way, whether it's, you know, most teenagers and people in their 20s go off on holidays in the summer and they go out, go off for weekends and you know there's a, there's a lot of social life that you miss mm. when you're growing up um but then again you know i've had a great social life within the industry um and have got some you know really good friends because of it uh
2: would you say it was so was it a childhood passion of yours
1: oh god completely <laughs> i knew at the age of sort of 12 what i wanted to do who, who introduced
2: um, you to horses
1: um, probably my mother, but I was your, I was your typical little pony mad <laughs> girl who couldn't wait to go to the riding school once a week when she was you know three, four, five, and six. And I didn't have a pony till I was nine, and then I had some nutty little black pony from the Senna Forest in Germany
3: who used to bolt everywhere. Um, <laughs> and that then produced a foal.
1: That was eleven three. That produced a foal. We didn't even know it was in full. And then we sold a pair of them, Polly and her son, Perkins. And then a friend of ours had a little Welsh thoroughbred cross pony in England uh, near Reading. Mm. And they used to go and ride that on the odd weekend that we used to go and stay at their place. They bred whippets, which my mother was interested in. And so we used to go and stay with them. They were called Barbara Wilson-Clark. And this little pony... Uh, Angelina was always in the field I used to go down and drag it in with a head collar <laughs> get on it and just bound around the fields. There, there was no saddle I mean it was like you know a bridle and getting on calling on off the gate going off I used to make fe- make jumps out of broken twigs and trees in the field uh, and that's basically just used to canter around in my chopper boots and joppers <laughs> and I don't think I I'm, I'm not even sure if I wore a hat and I would have been from the age of sort of seven and then my mother sold some house of fraser shares without my father knowing and paid 300 pounds for this pony had it sent out to germany where uh, we were based and i was at, i was at boarding school in england and i had that pony for two years in germany and she turned out to be brilliant i mean brilliant jumping pony if she'd been in england she would have been a ja pony mm. um and i outgrew her but i did my first lot of proper jumping on her and she was nicknamed the Flying Kangaroo and she used to beat <laughs> all the German horses and she was a feisty little chestnut mare. And so the first pony out was a mare, Angelina was a mare and then, we, and then this German uh, doctor, Dr. Wiedekin, came up to my father at a show and said, oh, I want to buy your pony for my daughter, I don't care what it costs. What will you sell it as? And my father said, well, I'm terribly sorry. She's not ours to sell. And my mother's sort of face dropped a bit and went, well, actually, I did pay for her two years ago. She's not on permanent loan. She's actually ours.
2: What did your father say? So all this time, your mum's told her that the horse was on loan. I
1: know. Yeah, well, that was (laughs) the first of many boys. (laughs) Um, And uh, anyway, so we did sell her. And the way home from that show went to try this just sat on three-year-old Tracana mare and I tried her in this little indoor school dark dingy I mean it was coming fall so it was in it was actually in the January and I was going back to sporting school the next day um, and that was it didn't didn't think anything of it and I mean it was like I couldn't steer it it didn't bump me off but I couldn't steer it it was just Literally sat on. <laughs>
3: um,
1: and then I got a letter from my mother, a typical boarding school in those days, where you got, you know, one letter a week. And, uh, and she said, well, your new author po- arrives next week, and Angelina's gone to her new home. Um, see you at Easter.
2: <laughs> what so, a letter so, to so have. Yeah, so two months later, um, I went home, back to Germany, and
1: uh, got bucked off this mare. Three times in the first hack. Oh,
3: gosh. Um, and uh, my mum, I remember I remember it happening,
1: and my mother, you know, the third time she said, right, well, that's it. So she got hold of this mare and um, got the jumping stick and gave it a whack round the around the bum and, you know, basically said, don't do that. She never backed again in her whole life. Eventually, she was hard work. Oh, my gosh, was she hard work? She was called Emma Lou and... She was my best friend all the way through my teenagers. I had her for 24 years. And she went all the way up to three-star. She hmm. won Bixen Advanced in her last year. And then, basically again, I outgrew her. She was only 15, 15-2 really. But she, she won yeah, Bixen Advanced in
2: 1984.
1: Oh, bless um, her. And Chidworth OI and Cook OI, all in the same year. And then she just got tired. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to carry lead in those days. Um, And I was a scrawny little (laughs) 17-year-old. We didn't, uh, you know, we never sold her. I never would have sold sold her. Um, And she went off to breed. And did,
2: you, world, um, sorry, yeah. Lisa, did you train her to, to go to that level then? Did you train yeah. her all the way up to three star? Yeah. So who was there, was there someone that helped you get there? Did you have uh, instructors? My mum
1: was great, not that she knew much, <laughs> 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 but she, we muddled through, We honestly we just muddled through and I had actually a couple of trainers, Sarah Ward, she was Sarah bloish Sarah Ward now, she's still training. Um... And a guy called Colin Wares was very instrumental in my dressage training, not so much the jumping. But I learned a lot in Germany the two years, three years I was out there. Mm. You know, Angelina was a feisty little fiery thing and it was always Langsam, you know, listen, as in go slow. <laughs> and as soon as I got him it was four vets, four vets, which is go faster. Um, but I I had a lot of experience in Germany show jumping because I used to go and, Show jump a guy called Uli Myers of Bexton, uh, his grade A jumpers, and he used to let me sit on them, literally in the snaffle and the neck strap, and I would have been 11 years old,
3: mm.
1: and I used to go around jumping these jumping lines around his indoor school at one meter 60.
2: Your Um, mum must have been so brave at the same time. Can you imagine doing that to your daughter now? See, my mum's like petrified of horses. She's so scared. Even though she had one when she was little, when she was 12, she went hunting and had a bad experience. The horse took off with her and that was it. She never, she she can't go near horses now. So my whole life it's been, oh, be careful, don't hurt yourself. When actually maybe your mum being so confident and letting you get on with it has just meant that you've got no fear.
1: Well, if my mum was still here, she would have told you some many stories because there was one where I was in the indoor school with the Hereford Saddle Club, aged 10. My mum and I actually set up that saddle club with a couple of Polo ponies and um, a pony called Balthazar. And I remember going around the indoor school and it jumped a fence and bucked me off on I got dragged because my foot got stuck in the syrup. Oh and of course God. in those days your hats just fell off because they weren't crash hats. And I got dragged round and round by this bolting pony around the school. Luckily it didn't have shoes on. Um, And eventually, you know, there were a few mothers in there and they managed to corner this pony, pull this kid, which was me, out from behind its back legs and untwist my foot. I I dusted myself off uh, and said, right, I'm gonna get back on now and sort it out. You know, both kids would be completely, you know, throwing the towel in and crying and carrying on. Hmm. And, the, and the parents say, no, no, not having my daughter get back on that. But no, I go back on, and my mum said, well, OK. Um, and I think that it's just been in my system to, you know, basically be fearless. Not stupid. I wouldn't say I was stupid.
2: Hmm. Um, Do you think that was I, the times as well, though, Lucinda? Like like you said, you know, hats fell off, things were very different. We're so safety conscious now, which is great. It is, You know, we have to be safety conscious but do you think it's taken away a little bit of the, oh, just get on with it?
1: Well, I think, you know, in the old days, you used to see all these kids careering around the fields with, you know, bareback, mm. no hats, you know, bombing off, getting bolted with across ploughed fields and, and straw fields. And uh, But, you know, I don't know, it, yeah, things have changed. Um,
2: it's difficult, it's isn't it? Difficult. It's, it's times change anyway, really. In
1: everything, everything. I mean, you go to cars, you know, look at the cars you used to drive.
2: Mm.
3: you
1: know, 30, 40 years ago, you know, look at the cars now, and they're still deaths on the road, you know, so, and you try and be safer and safer and safer. But I mean, the, the bottom line is if you've got a passion for something, and I had a passion for eventing, and I could have gone and been a show jumper because my trainer out there wanted me to stay in show jump, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't fast enough for me, and I loved the cross-country uh, and I had three ambitions, and one was to win Babington, to go and win a medal at the Olympics, and to make somehow make enough money for me to be able to do this passion of mine and, yeah, and run it as a business. So when I was at school, because I was at some, uh, a convent in Dorset, and I went to boarding school when I was eight.
3: Mm. Which,
2: which school uh, did you go to?
1: To Mary Shaftesbury. It was oh, okay. a convent then.
2: Yeah. But not it. No, it's not now, is it? No.
1: No, it disappeared. I think only a couple of years after I was there. Uh, And then, I mean, I really was not interested in... I was never interested in going to university. Uh, My parents knew that. They never even considered it, really. They just said, look, somehow you're going to have to go and make a living to fund your horses because you can live at home, pay the phone bill, which in those days was actually quite a lot because there were no mobiles. Mm. And so I went and bought and sold cars
3: first and then bought and sold horse boxes and then started to buy and sell horses. I um, when that. I was,
1: When I was at school, I went into the, you know, you have to go in and sit down with the head, headmistress and say what A-levels you want to do. Mm. So I went into the headmistress's office and said, oh, yeah, I'd like to do, you know, history, geography, French and whatever. And she looked at me, this, the nun, and she said, um, Lucinda, if you want a further education, you're going to have to find somewhere else.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> we no.
1: can't have you here. <laughs>
3: oh, no. <laughs> no, really? You,
1: you, 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 you haven't got your mind on the academic side of life. But if you want to go somewhere else, that's fine, but you can't stay here. So I said, it's all right, just Louise, you know, I'm only joking. I'm, I'm off. <laughs> and so I did my... Uh, GCSEs or O levels in those days, and already had two horses lined up on livery. Oh wow! Um, just through talking to people, um, my mum was great. She used to talk to a lot of people when we used to go to you know dress for shows and events and shows. I mean, and I'd, by this time I'd already done juniors on Emma Lou, um, and then I got a, a ride on a young rider horse called the Cockatoo that took me to the Young Rider Europeans. Mm. Uh, but before that, I got two horses selected to go to the first Young Rider Europeans when I was 18. Both went lame, and I had a scholarship with Richard Mead.
3: Amazing. Um, How did you
1: get that? at that point, Spillers, I think, did a scholarship, and I won it. And I had two horses booked to go to Richard from, you know, June all the way through. Hmm. Both of them went lame.
3: Oh, gosh. Uh,
1: one was at mine, one was an owner's horse. And I rang. I said, "I'm really sorry, both horses got lame. I can't come." So, no, 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 come, come. So, because Chris Hannibal's father had just passed away, and Chris had four horses. Uh, Chris Hannibal's parents used to own Towlands. Oh yes. And so off I went to Richard Meads, and actually worked as a groom and rode Chris's horses while he, you know, went back to his mum and sorted out all that. Um, and Richard went to Burley that year with Kill
3: Casual. Mm -hmm. And Bucalo with
1: what was called Bruno's Dream. And I mean, that was an amazing experience, amazing experience. Four months there. Then I went, I said to my mum, I'm not coming back home unless you find a yard for me to rent (laughs) and run it as a business. Hmm. So she did. And she found a yard just outside Tweezeldown with Brittany Powell, who used to own or run Tweezeldown. And I went there, I had five boxes. Uh, I think in those days I paid £10 a week per box.
3: Hmm.
2: How, how old were so you? 17, 18?
1: I would have been just 19. God.
2: So really, you're a baby, yeah. aren't you? So I
1: went to work for... Actually, the first job I had was with a show jumping yard by Tim Stockdale and it started his career.
3: Oh, amazing. And
1: I went there literally, you know, after... I was 17, after school. Went there and worked there for a whole winter... Um, and really slogged
3: it, you know, proper mm. show jumping groom, you know, throughout the thick of the winter and all the rest of it. But it
1: was, again, massive experience. It was a bit of a dealing yard up near Hertfordshire. Um,
2: did, and then, did you love all of it, Lisa? Were there, were there times when you thought, uh, you know, this is tough? Because it's not easy. You're up at four oh, in the morning. I knew morning. else, you see. I yeah. was good at it. And I was a hard worker and very
1: determined. Um, And I I think one of the things that, you know, was really important that my parents taught me, or certainly my mother did, because she was more involved with it with me than my dad. Um, My dad just used to raise his eyebrows at me sometimes. (laughs) Um, She used to say, whatever you do, be polite. Mm. Go and say thank you, go and say good morning, go and say hello. Just, you know, be polite. And I think one of the most important factors when you're young and, you know, people remember that, and then they come back to you, and I was riding at the Aldershot horse show, and one of William Funnel's owners came up to me and said, oh, you look like an eventer, I've got a horse with William Funnel, it's not good enough for him, would you take it eventing? <laughs> and that was my first Babington horse, and he get, came, it came to me as a, probably a six, seven year old, I think it might have been seven, called Welton Fair Game, and I... Took it to its first novice, and I took it all the way up to Burley and Badminton.
2: Oh, fantastic. And that's um, just and from it, meeting, just from meeting them.
1: Yeah, well, he saw me ride at the Aldershot horse show. Mm. You know, must have like something. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: also,
1: I thought, yeah, Obviously, I can't show jump, so I must be a bit being renter. <laughs> um, so, you know, and that's a little bit. I went in to have a horse vetted one day and said to this woman who was there with a the horse, I said, oh, you know, what's that horse? That looks quite nice said, oh, yeah, yeah, it broke my leg last year and it's come in to have a sarcoid removed. Mm. He said, oh, I don't know what to do with that. I said, oh, well, you know, I'm just starting up a yard. You know, would you like me to have it? I had it on livery for two years, sold it as a show jumper to a connection of Michael Whittaker's.
2: Oh, fantastic.
1: I don't know Michael Whittaker, but yeah. you know, just little things like that have always, it's,
2: yeah it's, it's a using there. your common sense isn't it It's saying right okay well it's taking those opportunities every you're, you're talking through your story every opportunity that's put in front of you you took and you said yes i'm going to do something with this no matter what it is
1: i did ride i did ride anything that came my way i mean i really did i didn't choose what i rode you know if i actually look at the horses that um i took all the way up to the top or not even didn't get to the top but I had two other horses come to me from a lovely lady called Diana Rickard and um, she, they were produced by Vanessa Fulger in Surrey and Diana said, rang me up and said, look, Vanessa's not going to go higher up the ranks. I've got these two horses, would you ride them? And one of them's entered for Windsor next week. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> so off I went, in fact, both of them were entered for Windsor. So off I went to Windsor, literally, I rode the horses twice before Um, Jeremy, I think I can't remember just Jeremy I think it might have won or it was second, it was definitely placed Mm. might have been fourth Um, Goose was there as well Arctic Goose, both went to Blenheim and this was when I was 25 Um, Jeremy won (laughs) the first ever Blenheim in 1990 Arctic Goose was 13 and and the Green Council said you know, you mustn't ride that Arctic Goose again it's too strong for a girl and it's dangerous and uh I said oh god you know I can't I can't not ride goose because otherwise I'll lose the ride on Jeremy mm. so what did I do went off to Babbington two years later and came sixth on Arctic Goose <laughs> and Jeremy won Glenham and he was third at Seymour and he went round Burley went round Babbington. you know but I mean Lucinda gave me good advice yeah but at the time I couldn't afford to take it mm because two liveries to me was massive. Yeah. So I ended up you know, going back to my yard. I rented a yard from Brindley Powell and then I would have been 19, 18, 19, yeah, probably 19. And then went to the Young Wild Europeans when I was 20, led the dressage, fell flat on the face on the sepal chase, still went double clear, Probably I could have won a medal. Oh With, my gosh. Oh yes, could have won a medal. Uh, in fact, I could have won the gold medal
3: because I was on the best dressage and jumped to double clear. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, yes. On the super I did swear quite a lot. <laughs> I had to go back to the jump judge and apologise. <laughs> but,
1: you know, as a result of that, I won a Pika dressage outfit. Now, Hydrophane Laboratories were the British agents for Pika, And I, I, was, I went up to collect my dressage outfit or try it on. Mm. And took my CV and said, Would you sponsor me? And they sponsored me for 12 years.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Something good came out of that. Yes. And that all rollerballed into learning how to deal with. I did a sales rep job for them selling WinTech saddles one winter. (laughs) I did incredibly well. We see, I was hungry for the money.
2: Yes. So I
1: would go out, I think I got paid £25 per visit. And mm. I had to organize it all, make all the phone calls, go to all the textiles, go and show the Wintech, sell it to them. And that wasn't easy. And then from the young, wild Europeans, I got uh, connections in Italy. And I went to work in Italy for two or three winters from my connections that I'd met. Because mm. every winter, when it was a you know, quiet time, my mum was great. You know, the horses would go out in the field and she would look after them. Yeah. and I would
2: go off and earn money for two months uh, your parents your mum's obviously very proactive were they quite entrepreneurship as well did they have some entrepreneurship no, not at all Oh, really not at all. my dad was in the army probably the oldest major in the british army um, I've
1: got two older brothers not interested um, but my mum was horsey without completely not competitive mm. but massively supportive and had a really, you know, she was a bit like Kitty King's mother, very n- non-invasive, really proactive, but only in a positive way. And you know, you go into the box of Oxford and she would only but be professional. Mm. You know, she wouldn't be a gibbering rag. Um,
2: she could hold was, herself she well was in any. To me anyway. Yeah, she could hold herself well in any situation.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely.
2: Because you do look at, at the h- real high level riders, and you think, "Gosh, it must have taken an awful lot of backing, an awful lot of money to get to where you are." And and from the sounds of it, you have taken lo- like horses that can't do anything, and with no money backing you, you have gone and reached the top.
1: Yeah. Yes, and it. I mean, there there aren't many. There weren't in my era many riders that rented or, you know, rent it literally from day one. And, I mean, we rented boxes, whether it was from an army saddle club, all the way through until 1994. But then, you know, I did a massive amount of dealing mm. um, and horses that, you know, people would send me to produce and then, oh, they got sold. And, you know, you get your little bit of commission. Um, I did get two or three of my own horses through... You know, I was sort of I think I paid twelve hundred pounds for my first one and sold it in nine months for nine grand. Well, of course, I thought <laughs> that that was bloody brilliant.
3: Yes. <laughs>
1: then my mother bought a horse. Good. She uh, got uh, got a, a great aunt died or something and gave her some money, and it was either by a kitchen. Well, she was supposed to buy a kitchen, and mm. she didn't. She bought this horse called Hot Potato, <laughs> and uh, I produced that. She, I had to pay about seven grand for it. I produced that. Had it sold for thirty five grand to the Japanese, and and I had, literally, I was, you know, completely beside myself, and it it bloody failed the vet, didn't
3: it? Oh, no, why? What was wrong with it?
1: Oh, some hock x-ray. So, of course, in my mind, I'd spent the money, bought a new lorry, bought some shoujo, whatever, I can't remember what it
2: was. Won the lottery. And, and of course, then it failed the vet. Well, that was a major
1: reality check. That was a real eye-opener for me. What uh, did you do? That was a big disappointment. Yeah. But I mean, other disappointments were, it took me, I think, I think I entered something like 10 three events before I actually got to one because the horses went wrong, went lame, got calf abscesses, you know, got kicked, got bitten by a dog. Um,
2: yeah. Everything and and how did you get like deal with that then? Did you just go back to square one and say right, okay, let's just take them home? You know, we won't go to that. Car. That must have been gutting for you after you, I, you put know, in can, so you know much. What? I can't remember. Yeah,
1: I remember. You know, my mother. You know, probably taking the brunt of my teenage uh, <laughs> moods, but I don't think I was that bad. And I think when you're when you're with horses, you you have to be responsible from day one.
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: you can't just you can't
2: just not feed them and go. I'm not well, going to no. bother today. Yeah, if you yeah. want to
1: go to a party, you know damn well. In the morning, you've got to be out there, you know, doing your horses. Uh, and I remember coming back from London one day, and I was one night or one early in the morning. I was absolutely hungover, <laughs> and of course, you didn't know, I didn't have phones in those days, and I remember stopping at fleet services, and they ring my mother. Uh, I couldn't get hold of her. Couldn't get hold of her because she'd already gone to the stables from home, and I felt mortified—absolutely mortified—that I'd not got back. I had to stop at sleep and have a sleep for an hour. <laughs> I was so hungover, and I thought, you know, if I'm going to do that, I, I have to, you know, treat my mother properly. I can't leave her just to do my horses for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a hard slog, but. I mean, I get to now and I'm tired, probably. Uh, t- physically tired, not so much mentally tired, but, you know, my body's had a fair old battering the last three years. Um, you know, but I have to be more realistic on, on how much I can do and how much I want to risk myself and, and how fast I want to go, whatever. But I have got a massive... I've, I've done a career that I set out to do and I've, you know done really well. I've made some stupid mistakes. Um, but I've made a lot of great friends and I've got a wonderful daughter and I'm happy and it's been a massive career, isn't it? Really Yeah,
2: you've done the three things that you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, I just gotta keep surviving so that I can enjoy the three things. Well, mainly the you know the
2: property. So, are you Um, are you pulling back on riding a little bit now, and kind of handing things over to Ellie, your daughter? No, Hmm? no, she's
1: not. She's not really interested.
2: Um, Really, that surprises me. I thought she'd be quite into it because she's grown up with it. But then saying that, actually, sometimes you're not interested in anything your mum wants to do, are you? um, You know what? I'm quite
1: happy because she's she's a good little rider, but her passion is singing and drama.
2: Ah, that's nice. I think,
1: no, that's great because the thought of doing another twenty years, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. But um, but I think you know, as a going going just through the business, I think you have to. As I say, I did sacrifice a lot of or earlier success because I had to, and I had really no choice in selling a lot of good horses. I'm mm. sure I would have got on the team teams earlier if I hadn't
2: have sold all the horses that I had to sell. But you had to, and that's yeah, a lot of yeah. us are in a, a, a situation where we don't have a choice, money comes first you've got to survive, you've got to put bread on the table you know, and and horses are our passion I think, and we we they are our pets, they are our, you know, they're part of the family but we'd all love to be able to go a little bit further with them, but money comes first, you know, feeding well, the kids comes me, first. Because yeah. I
1: had no you know, I had no option. My father was, you know, a major in the army, and my, you know, we didn't have a property, didn't even, didn't have a field, didn't even own a house. So, you know, if I wasn't earning my own bread and butter, and I and I liked the fact that I have always been financially independent,
3: mm. always
1: from, you know, since I left school at sixteen.
3: Yeah.
2: Because you never had to ask anybody for anything, so if you, you know, if you want to do something, you can do it. If you don't have enough money for it, you can't do it. And it's 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 grounding, Lucinda. To be honest, to hear yeah, your yeah. story, it keeps you grounded and it keeps you straight. And you know, you can run a successful business because you you don't take any from anybody because you've been there, you've done it, you got the t-shirt. Yeah. So and when you, you be,
1: and you have to be honest. Yes. Um. You know, I've lost owners. I've lost rides because I've been honest about the horses um, you know I've said to one owner I've, you know I, know, I remember I won three novices bang 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 on this horse and I said you need to sell it you know it's not going to say it's not going to jump clear so mm-hmm. jumping clear it's just not and it went and I said it's tough it's really brilliant and everything out in, in the cross country but it's not going to jump clear and I think you know you, you if if you want to be seriously competitive, you want to sell it and get something else. And it did. It went all the way up to, I think it went around Burleys four times. And it was as tough as tough, of course. <laughs> but it used to have between seven and nine show jumps down. Oh, gosh. Um, and the guy riding it wasn't useless, you know. So, but I lost the ride on it. Mm. But I, I took great delight in staying friends with them. Hmm. And, and, you know, we always had a bit of a chuckle about the fact that this horse, you know, <laughs> did keep going around four Star, but it did keep hitting the rails.
2: <laughs> um, but surely people respect, they, surely they respect a bit of honesty and we still now.
1: 35 years later or 30 years later, whatever it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can't do it without your, your own. Well, I couldn't have done it without my owners. And, you know, the sponsors that I've had have been amazing. Mm. Uh, I've got a great. You know, because I had hydrophane for a lot, a lot of years, and then Frizzell took over, but they then got bought out. I had three good years with them in the night.
4: 19- if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: And I've just been named the ambassador for Devaco Saddles.
0: Oh,
2: nice. Yes. They're posh ones. And you know,
1: that's amazing because they came to me mm. because, um, you know, I'm not. A lot of the top riders have to be 100% focused on their. Schedule Mm. their horses, their train, their competition schedule, and they actually don't have time to look after their sponsors. Um, But because, uh, well, I've got Emma Charlton who works in my office, you know, as my marketing and communications person, yes, she is so good at you know keeping the sponsors. Updated, keeping uh, you know the, their profile and my profile up together, and exposing all their products. Um, and she puts together packages, you know, sort of brochures and packets and stuff like that for so whenever I go and do clinics, whether it's in this country or abroad. And I do feedback forms. and She does an amazing job to you know keep my sponsors and owners exposed, you know, as much as
2: possible. Oh, that's good makes yeah. them feel special and looked after yeah. as well doesn't yeah. it yeah
1: so devico came to me um a month ago oh. and uh yeah i was really chuffed and then you know with pure feed as, as well and westgate um i mean i'm very lucky
2: well most of your sponsors you've had for years and it's nice that they've been with you for that amount of time
1: yeah absolutely,
2: you've absolutely. would you say it's important to build a good relationship with a sponsor
1: yes you know, but it's all about communicating. And then, if you know, if they need you, you've got to go. You have to go, and you you need to go and help them push their products, uh, you know, into the big wide world. Really, mm. and give them ideas. And um, and very often, the sponsors work well together. Yes. You know, one can lead the other one a bit forward, and stuff like that. And they they rub off each other really, really well. Mm. So, and it's all time, isn't it? as I say I did I sold two or three very good horses like Spring Along a horse that went to Philip Dutton and a horse that went on the Spanish team for three or four years so I sold three or four really good horses um, and then ended up uh, having the good dressage mare of my mum's that we produced from a a four year old and that went all the way up did sort of I think it went up to advanced. at seven years old and I retired her because she was she was gonna hurt herself if she carried on eventing because she moved so well and then I did Grand Prix I trained her up to Grand Prix dressage in two and a half years
2: myself so there was nobody that taught you how to do this riding there nobody taught you how to be an eventer or how to be a jumper or how to do dressage you taught yourself well
1: I probably would have been better if I had been
2: (laughs) (laughs) um I mean I'm not you
1: know I'm no stylist Uh, I'm not I did ride a real mixture of horses. I mean, not many others would have bothered with uh, a horse called Garrisus that I rode round. I got round that round, Badminton. Mm. I mean, that was just useless. (laughs) You know, bless him. He was seriously average. You know, intermediate, fine. Mm. But anything else above that. um, But I, you know, that's all I had. You know, I've sold Simply Red and I've sold um,
2: another one that went to America called Dalliance. Where's Headley where's, where's Britannia now?
1: She, we, she, we lost her two years ago,
3: oh, maybe sorry. two years ago.
1: Um, but she came to me with a working pupil and the working pupil gave up. Uh, and Brit went, went with her actually for a year and then came back to me to get sold... And I couldn't sell her, so no one wanted a little short striding chestnut mow's ears you couldn't touch. <laughs> so she stayed with me to get sold and I had, and I competed her and then managed to get an owner in old Kong called to or a friend to actually buy her for me and then I kept her and then earned my half share of her and then bought her out after she won Burley. Oh wow. I and
3: mean, then she
1: was ours. Yeah. So, how, so I mean there's how, another luck story, you know? Yeah. I, I wouldn't ever, ever be where I am today without
2: her. Wasn't she the, the only she, mayor to have won three events, three out of the six major, major ones?
1: She's the only one that's won three, four stars. Yeah, yes. I think she. I think no. I don't think there's another mayor that's won two, let alone three.
2: Gosh, that's incredible! And, just, and she
1: still holds the record for the best ever fi- ever finishing score at four star?
2: Oh, bless her! Yep, yeah. and she's had two foals. Uh, the only foals ever born while both parents were at the Olympics. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Aww. And yeah. And and what what happened I, two years ago?
1: She so she was I'd retired her. She was t- twenty one. Um, Ellie had done a couple of hunter trials on her when mm. Ellie was nine, and um, she I had a little working pupil um, working with me who'd ridden her all through the winter. Uh, she done an event on her at Aston Walls we were cross country schooling somewhere on a lovely summer's day 1st of April and she just landed and broke a leg oh bless her so, mm. uh, something that an older horse or pony does all the time when they when they get older their bones get a bit brittle mm. um, and it's a typical thing and it was horrible 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 when it happened
2: um
3: it must know, have been um,
2: heartbreaking for you because you—you you oh, sound God, like you—you you, you have Lord such a—it sounds like you have such a connection with these horses that you get. You know, you haven't just bought them. They've. Would have been without
1: found... question my my favorite.
3: Mm. Uh,
2: Emma Lou
1: was also hugely important to me. Um, and Brid. Mm. Uh I adored Prada as well, but for different reasons. Flying finish I had massive respect for. But Brit, you know, because she was really not very talented, but did everything from her heart. You know, she, she, you know, she will be. I think she'll always be the world's best mare. I don't think there'll ever be a one, another one like her. There'll be probably more brilliant mares.
2: Yeah, um, it makes me laugh though, that you say she's she wasn't that talented. Yeah, she was. won three. I know
1: she couldn't move. She her technique wasn't great. She wasn't a great galloper. Mm. Um. You know, she wasn't the right colour, the right size, the right sex, and she proved everybody wrong. I mean, she was, you know, unreal. So, and I was really lucky to, um, you know, to have had that opportunity in my 40s Mm. to put all my hard work and actually be rewarded for all my hard work and sacrifices and have you know, all my success later on in life, because I think a lot of people have a lot of success, you know, in their 20s, and then it's an uphill struggle. Okay, yes. I won Blenheim in my 20s, um, and I'll offer them, I think, three times in Windsor. but to actually win, you know, come out in your 40s, and, and it's one thing winning one four-star, but it's another thing coming back and winning another one, and mm-hmm. another one, <laughs> on the same
2: horse. Um...
1: So you know, all down to all down to
2: brick. To be honest, I love how you've done all this yourself. I know you say you've got a team around you and all the rest of it, but you just, you, you are an entrepreneur, you've got drive, you've got ambition, you just, I, I can't see you taking any rubbish from staff, you know, or well, from, if a 16 year old comes in, we get yard, girls at the yards now, and they're like, oh, I missed the bus, or I missed the, ta-, you know, I can't get a taxi, or I can't walk, or I can't cycle, or somebody can't give me a lift, it's like, where is your, is, yeah, is your drive, yeah. you know, there's yeah, too many excuses, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the kids have, have lost their drive now. Yeah. Somehow we need to try and get that back, yeah, that enthusiasm. Yeah, but it's, the same.
1: it's like you know, staying dedicated for a job.
2: Mm. So Headley Britannia then has had two foals, and and what's your plan? Did you plan to bring and them on? Had seven, but I've oh got two. Gosh. who are um, eight years old? This time
1: doing two, doing two star this year.
2: Okay. And yeah. a, <laughs> is that Ellie? Yeah, they're playing on the wing and I'm just putting logs on the fire. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, they're playing on the wing. And are you taking um, them to start, or... Is yes. someone else? Yeah, you are. Yes,
1: yeah. And one's a stallion, one's a mare.
2: Oh, well, that will be quite exciting. Which one do you think is... I know this sounds awful, but which um, one's the I better one? I think the mare mm. is, is the
1: better one, eventually. But, you know, they've both done as well as each other. They're both, I don't know, got... 40 or 50 points. I mean, I don't run them fast. Yeah. But they, they're they the ones that have really kept me focused over the last two or three years. I've got a lovely grey horse called Cos I Will as well. Yeah, First so,
2: Cinder, when do you have any time to yourself? I don't really. No.
1: I, I, that's a lie, actually. I do now. My, my priorities have slightly changed. I'm not... I mean, I work very hard, but if there's a choice, I will make a real effort to go and watch Ellie play hockey or netball. Um, she, you know, I will miss down this year because she's doing, uh, she's got the lead role in the school play. No. And I'm not going to miss that. Mm. Um, you know, in five years time, she won't want mother, mm. And I have to, I'm very lucky, I've got her
3: pretty well all to myself um, by a few weeks of the year. So, you know, I'm
1: revelling in the fact that I've, you know, got this opportunity and I'm making the most of it. You know, and I'm... Uh, I don't think physically I can... I'm not as robust as I used to be. Uh, you no, know, well, like, none of us are... I've taken <laughs> a hammering over the last three years. It yeah. does actually feel quite good now. But, I mean, I, you know, running this place on my own is a massive, massive responsibility. And it's not just running a, you know, 50-acre property... Doing it on your own Mm. and in demand of, you know, whether it's Ellie or um, people that rent stables here or my pupils or my uh, girls or uh, other pupils that clients that come in or owners or sponsors, you know, doing clinics, doing lecture demos, going abroad and teaching. You know, it's just one thing after the other.
2: Well, people want you all the time, especially with emails. it's
1: quite nice, the fact that do try but I've got you know Dez and Emma in my office are amazing and you know I've got an amazing rally of friends who are um there for Ellie really yeah you know if I have to suddenly be late or go somewhere I've got great friends who I can just call upon and say
3: hey can you do that and Ellie's just so easy no you
1: know she's she is a really cool
2: kid. Oh, God, she can have a, you know, teenage, teenage moments. Um,
1: <laughs> but she's great.
2: She probably um, respects you, Lucinda. Like, like our, my mum was an entrepreneur. She worked her backside off for as long as I grew up. And it made me want to be the same. I've always had a good work ethic, and I'm sure Ellie will as well because she's seen she's seen you fight. She's seen you go through all the motions. She's seen yeah, the good yeah, times. Yeah, she's seen yeah. the bad times. She's seen what she's gone th- you've gone through. Mm. Um, she'll have the, huge respect for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you know. she doesn't show I'm... it.
2: She won't show it now, well, but she cute. will <laughs> when she's twenty-five. She's not have to with at the moment because I've just sold a pony. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no! Uh, well, uh, I bought this pony
1: to sell. And it's just that Ellie's gone really well with it in the last few weeks. Um, but I'm, yeah, I think like that's all. But I said, come on, we're going to go and do another one. Here's your commission. Let's go and get another one.
3: Um,
1: so, you know, and she'd be quite a good little wheeler-dealer mm. in time.
2: Can we talk about your accident? You had a horrific accident in Twizzledown, 2013. Um, where you broke two ribs, punctured a lung, and you broke your collarbone. But then the remarkable thing is, you came back only two months later. You were then competing again.
1: Oh God, yes. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I wasn't in a great way beginning of twenty thirteen, and um, I went off to Treesland, which was the first event. Went on the first day, which was the Thursday, with um, three advanced horses. One was Briz. I think mm. she won the OI. Um, and then Prada and flying, fr- flying Finish. I had, I think, yeah. I think I had, three, I had three good horses. Went back the next day, and it was pouring with rain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had three sort of intermediate horses doing the open novice or novice. I jumped a double clear on the first horse, got on my second horse, went and did its dressage, came back when the show jumped it, and it was just heaving down. I said, Oh, God, do I really want to go? And I was trying to do. Answering emails between my rides, mm. I had the emails and I was all the rest of it. And I said to the girls, "Oh God, you know what? Let's just pack up and go home."
3: Mm. Uh,
1: and then I thought, oh, "No, no, I'm here now. I might as well keep going because I'd want these three horses to have the day off tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm going to have to ride them tomorrow and and all that." So I went down to cross country on this big horse, and the cross country course designer guy uh, came up to me and said, look, when you come back, can you just stop and tell me how it's riding? Because, you know, we're thinking of pulling the pin on it.
3: Mm.
1: And I went, yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I'm just going to, you know, I'll canter around, see how I go. And if it's really rubbish, I'll pull up. Anyway, I got turned around, got halfway around, came to the coffin, had a perfectly good stride, and it didn't take off. Mm. And this 660 kilo horse went Straight cartwheeled, straight, slow motion, bang, straight onto me. Oh, gosh. Straight onto me. And I was on my side, so it crushed me sort of from right to left. So my left side was on the floor, mm-hmm. and it crushed me from the right. And I forgot to do my blow up jacket
3: on oh, I forgot to no. attach it
1: because I didn't have my mind on the job. And I remember uh, it was pouring with rain, and I couldn't breathe. And I looked up at them and I said, I think I even saw, I said, bloody make sure I'm all right because Ellie's at home and she's only got me. Mm. And I I knew I was in dire straits. Um, I remember saying, you must ring Ellie, someone's got to pick Ellie up from school. Um, Anyway, it took ages to get me off track because they the ambulances got stuck i remember going the back of Brittany cars Britney pals four-wheel drive oh my god the pain oh gosh yeah that was proper 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 pain um anyway uh eventually ends up in hospital and i had two broken ribs Uh, i had six broken ribs both lungs punctured and a uh, collarbone in three bits
2: Wasn't it at that Um, point, did you not think at that point, this is a bit much for me? Like, you know, I do have (laughs) responsibilities.
1: Oh, God. yeah, useless woman, aren't I? (laughs) Um, Anyway, I remember, anyway, this, um, I mean, I got very well looked after, but I was in a lot of pain. And I had my lovely head girl, who was um, Emily Young Jameson, was riding on the same day, Mm. who'd been with me, well, she's just left, actually, after 10 years. Um, She's set up on her own. And she was there, and another little Australian girl called me, Megan. And the doctors came and said, oh, your two daughters are outside wanting to come in and see you. <laughs> <laughs> They're <not> my daughters. All <laughs> oh, my little daughters at home, and I want to see her. Oh. Um, and I got really well looked after, and lots of friends came to see me. I went home, and I got on the Arquette crime machine. Mm. I competed, I think, in less than two months. Mm. I did that on about the 8th of March, and I competed... Oh uh, yeah, I went to Aston the Wolves. So yeah, two months. Gosh. two
2: months later. That's in, yeah. that's incredible. You're lucky. You were lucky to be walking again. Let oh, alone lucky riding. Yeah.
1: Official, I thought that was it.
2: And there was no uh, fear. You weren't scared again after that experience.
1: Um. Yes. Yes, it was.
2: How did I you was. get over that?
1: Um. Just taking it easy. Mm. As in, I didn't ride that horse again. Um. And just riding, just taking it
3: as in riding horses and uh,
1: jumping, uh, just practicing.
2: Was it horses that you trust? Why didn't, was that horse okay?
1: Yeah, it was just stupid and didn't pick up. It should have stopped or it should have jumped Um, but it just left, it was just slow out of the mud Mm. and it was just slow
2: with its front legs and it left both its front legs on the take off and turns perfectly square straight over um I guess you I remember lost... the
1: jump I remember the jump judge screaming <gasps> I remember that um yeah well, it wasn't pleasant but you know I got back on I had flying finish was a great one to get back on and I went four star again on him
3: yeah.
1: um and I <laughs> had trying to see if I had Prada no, Prada had finished um
2: so you're not competing in badminton this year?
1: No, because I sold um, at the end of 2014 after I did Poe, I had to sell, no, 2013 I did Poe. I did Poe 4-star at the end of that year. Mm. Um, in fact, I think I
2: went to Le <laughs> that year. That's crazy after that horrific I, accident how you could do get back on and do yeah, so much. I did
1: much. Le 4-star and that year and then at the end of 14 that was a uh, unfortunate for so i fell and broke my arm at blair and you know i didn't have a that bad a fall but i landed on a like a small rock that was hidden uh, sort of under the grass mm. and i spiral fractured my humerus on the left side
3: which was a very nasty break that was really
2: i'm not surprised nasty. if you hit a rock i mean surely uh, surely the the people that baked
1: no no but you wouldn't you didn't, you couldn't see it oh really it was, no, it was sort of under the turf, really. Mm. Um, and, and that, yeah, that took three months to mend. But I, at that point, I then was st- still getting divorced. So I had to sell Slime finish to help pay for that. Mm. And that's really why, that's why he got sold. Um, so that was my, you know, four-star horse and Sydney Rocks. So both those horses got sold who would have gone four-star. Yeah. So... That was then, a you know, quite a big hole in my eventing team. Mm. But, you know, I had to re- I had to just accept the fact that I was going to have younger horses and I was lucky to have Jane Souls because I will, and then the two Britannia babies.
2: Are you still going to Badminton, even though you're not competing?
1: I will go to Badminton, yeah. <laughs> um, I, well, Britannia's now well, going to the stallion show. And I always have lots of stuff to do with the sponsors. Mm. Um, and we support the... There's a lovely
2: big lunch on a Friday in the big um, Mitsubishi tent where oh, it's a charity
1: lunch and we I always get a table there and take owners and stuff mm. which is really good so now you can just
2: um, enjoy it without the stress of having to ride or yeah, you in know yeah
1: it's lovely I, I mean I love being involved um, last year I had a pupil there uh, I don't know if I will this year but you know it's, it's nice to be involved and you know what it's a, it's a great community and you're always going to have friends Mm. Now. I mean, you, you know, you see even the, just the stewards on the gate going to the collecting room you know me. And it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know, you've got to well, they, keep going. And they are your
2: friends, friends they are your friends, aren't they? Because they're they the, are, you've they grown up with them. growing up mm. from
1: the age of, when you first went there, I think I was probably 22 when I first went to Badminton. Uh, I might have been a bit younger, actually. Uh, I think in 1989. But yeah, I would have been about 23 when I first went to Badminton. Uh, you know, I can't remember. It was Welsh and fair game, anyway. And um, that was a story and a half. I was. We got to Babington and my mother uh, had driven the car. <laughs> I'd driven the lorry. We parked up, and I had to. My mum had moved had had to move the car be- from beside the lorry mm. in the lorry park, and I was lying down. It was really, really hot, and I was lying down reading a book, and she backed the car straight over my legs. <laughs> <gasps> that. <laughs> she then realised she'd hit something,
2: so she then went forward again. Oh no! Oh she went
1: backwards and forwards over my legs.
2: Were you
3: um, okay? So did I you break a, them? I had a
1: huge hematoma mm. on the side of my knee, which uh, was iced and physioed and everything.
3: Um, anyway, that was the taste. That was my first taste of badminton. <laughs> <Bless laughs> I right know, but I did finish. I was uh, about thirty fifth. I had a technical
1: twenty penalties. Um, in those days, you had. Like a penalty zone.
2: And I had a technical 20 penalties. And but, that was with a
1: hematoma. Yeah, I had a big hematoma oh. on the side of my knee. Yeah, so I had to ride about three holes longer mm. because my leg was so swollen.
2: Oh, bless you. I Gosh. I know, I know. Lots so, of stories. so now you're focusing on, on, on teaching more and clinics and you've got some clinics coming up.
1: Yep, lots of clinics, lots of teaching. Um... So, you know, so can, and stuff. I, I do do a lot of, oh, do I do, well, I would do more teaching if I had more time.
2: What could we expect if, you know, can anybody come to your clinic? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So you what, Just have a look on my website. Okay. I have, a, I have a
3: really, you know, I have a brilliant uh, marketing girl that does, you know, books up all my clinics and
1: stuff and people can come to my place and have lessons. They can come and stay.
2: Oh, where are you based?
1: Uh, 20 minutes north of Stonehenge, so Wiltshire.
2: Lovely. You know,
1: I've got a lovely team of people here. I've got uh, another four-star rider moving in uh, next week, so that'll be exciting.
2: Yes, it will. Do we know who they are?
1: Uh, Rebecca Howard, Canadian girl. Okay. Yep. So that'll be really good. Um, And so she's really going to be the number one, really the number one rider as far as I'm concerned, because... You know, I will ride sort of my horses, mm. um, my team, but if there are other horses that come in and want to get, you know, produce and sell, I'm really good at home producing them and training them and stuff. And I want to have an opportunity, I want to have an option of having another rider who is as good, who can get on them and go out and compete mm. on days where I don't want to go because I've got something to do with Ellie or I've got something else that I need to go and do like a clinic but I don't want my horses to miss out
3: Yes, on yeah.
1: certain competitions. Like for instance, uh, you know, I'm not
3: going to be here for Barbary. Um, I'm going to the Pure Feed sponsors party on a Thursday night mm-hmm. and then, you know, if I've got a couple of horses that need riding in the Novice or the Open
2: Novice or something else, Burley and Benton Horse, I'll ask Rebecca to ride them. So Rebecca's from Canada. Is she representing Canada or is she going to represent... She's representing yep. Canada.
1: Yep, She's got a very, very good chance of going to the Olympics.
2: Oh, awesome. Yeah,
1: so that's really good. And I've got another Canadian rider called Kelly McCarthy, Maine, who's based here. Mm-hmm. So we're all, you know, we should be a really strong team, I think, um, you know, with options of I can call upon Rebecca to help compete, you know, some of my younger horses if need if be, because I've got... Two or three young, lovely young horses that are pretty well ready to be sold. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think it's going to be a really good, really good positive move, and you know, and the actual competing here will actually expand more Mm. by having another four-star rider here.
2: It'll be brilliant. Well, you're you're a coach now. It's not so much, you know, you don't have to do all the riding yourself because you're they're your pupils that you are putting forward.
1: be quite as competitive on every horse i ride because i you know i've had some crashes and it doesn't it doesn't make you lose your nerve but you do i definitely am a little less inclined to take that risk Mm. um and i'm quite honest about it i don't want to retire retire um but i'm you know i've got the brick babies and a couple of other younger horses and I'm good at producing, and then I want to produce them to a certain level and then sell them to other riders who can produce them further. They're not the brick ones, but the, but the other horses I've got. I've got a stunning six-year-old by Cannon that is just brilliant, and it's, I can see it going all the way with a, either a big girl, tall girl, or ideally a man. I mean, it's just stunning. If I had that horse, you know, 10 years ago, I'd be seriously excited. Because I will. Amazing. You know, potentially amazing horse. He's just a little powerful for me. Aww. And you see, since my tumbles and that I dislocated my shoulder last, last year, my left arm is
3: quite a lot weaker. Mm.
1: You know, it is. I completely admit it. Mm. Um, you know, and that's a little bit where I'm vulnerable on that moment of holding a horse on line or something like that.
2: Well, You know so your limits. You you know your limits. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Mm. So we, if we go on your website, then we can have a look and see when your clinic dates are coming up. Yes. So in the clinics, do you need horses then to take part?
1: Um, well, yes. People will come to clinics with their own horses, mm. um, and then the actual lecture demos. I take, uh, you know, I'll take four horses. I took four up to to Wales last week for a lecture demo. Um, But then at home, I've got, you know, room or one or two boxes
3: to have horses in for training. Mm. And I really enjoy that. I love getting
1: horses in for training. I don't particularly want to break horses. Yeah. Um, So what, they can
2: bring their horses down to you for what, say, is it two weeks, six weeks? No, anything. Yeah.
1: They can do a week, three weeks. Uh, i got a few people that send their horses to me while they go on holiday and stuff like that. Oh, that's
2: a good idea, because yeah, you need to pay yeah, for someone really to look good. after them anyway. They get
1: a really good boot camp, you know, before they head off to events or, or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, so the horses in for training is really good.
2: Um, and in training, uh, is it predominantly cross-country, or do you do the training no, in the show, no, jumping and the dressage? No, it's
1: probably more groundwork, oh. more dressage, jumping, grip work. Yeah, tr- Just real
3: basics and i got um i've had a couple of japanese horses in for for the
1: japanese team training them as well over the last couple of years which has been fun
2: so if if i wanted to bring my horse to you then and let's say lucinda i need you to help me he needs help with flying leap changes i call them flying leap changes, yes. <laughs> um then we log on your website lucindafredericks.com and, um, or, or email you know, marketing at lucindafredericks yep. send, uh, send the email yeah, yep. and we can follow you on Twitter as well
1: yes it's all on there Facebook Twitter everything
2: uh,
1: um, and yeah we've always got sort of uh, clinics happening you can do pony club visits here or you can do riding club visits here half day visits here open day you know stuff like
2: that well Lucinda thank you so much have a lovely Bye. evening and uh, I'll speak to you soon
1: alright Thanks.
2: Thanks very much for talking to me. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening next week I'm talking to Jessica Grove who's an equestrian rider fitness instructor she's also ridden for the young great british team for over eight years so she knows exactly what she's talking about when it comes to health and fitness and how we need to keep fitter for our riding I'm also talking to Lauren St John who's a wildlife activist and she's an equestrian author she's written some brilliant books stay in touch this week on twitter let us know what you've been up to if you like the show then tell your friends about us share us on facebook and twitter and if you get two minutes if you could write a review on itunes that would be amazing because it really helps keep the show going i hope you have a great week and i'll speak to you on monday
1: you've been listening to horse hour join the community on twitter mondays 8 p.m uk time 3 p.m eastern by using the hashtag horse hour follow amy at amy stevenson one and subscribe to us on acast itunes stitcher and player fm